Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today is Friday, September 15th, 2023, and this is edition number 159. As we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith, we're in chapter 28. Today we will complete this chapter by looking at paragraphs number 6 and number 7. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, as we come to your word, once again, we come in humble reliance upon your spirit that has given us your word, that it might direct and guide our lives. We confess to you our sins of omission and commission. We confess to you that we often fall short of your glory. We do not love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We do not love our neighbor even as we love ourselves. We pray, Lord, that you would grant us the grace to walk according to your purposes and your will, that we would remember our baptism and that which it signifies and seals us to, and that we as professing Christians, as those who love you and have said that we rest upon you alone for salvation, would walk according to that profession in all that we do. We pray and ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to chapter, uh, uh, chapter 28, paragraphs number 6 and 7 uh, today. Paragraph number 6. The efficacy of baptism is not tied to that moment of time wherein it is administered. Yet, notwithstanding by the right use of this ordinance, the grace promised is not only offered, but really exhibited and conferred by the Holy Ghost to such, whether of age or infants, as that grace belongeth unto. According to the counsel of God's own will, in his appointed time, the sacrament of baptism, paragraph number seven, the sacrament of baptism is but once to be administered unto any person. Let me just begin at where I ended in paragraph number seven. The sacrament of baptism is but once to be administered to any person. I think this is a clearly a widespread agreement within the historic Christian faith that baptism is a singular sacrament. That is to say that it happens once, either to an infant of one or both believing parents, or to a professing adult convert who comes into the church. This is not a sacrament that needs to be done multiple times as we see in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, which we will take up and uh, begin uh, to study and look at in the Monday edition. And so I think enough is said on that. We do it one time, uh, and uh, that is all, uh, given all that it signifies and given all that it seals us uh, to. Uh, paragraph 6, however, is a little more complicated, of course, in its understanding. And again, I'm very helpful or very appreciative of men who are a whole lot smarter than me, uh, dealing with some of these more intricate statements of the standards, uh, the Westminster standards. And paragraph six talks about the efficacy of baptism and its, it, it's, uh, its, um, its work as conferred by the Holy Spirit. Now, I think underscoring this idea needs, uh, is that we must always remember that the sacraments, whether baptism or the Lord's Supper, is that which is that is given by God, and it depends upon God the Holy Spirit and its work and effort. It doesn't depend on you, and it doesn't depend on me. And so, <clears throat> with that said, we have that first line there, the efficacy of baptiz baptism is not tied to that moment of time wherein it is administered. In other words, uh, let me see if I can illustrate this for you. So um, we baptize an infant of one or both believing parents. It communicates everything that we've discussed in paragraph number one. Uh, 
but that efficacy may not show up for many years. That is simply to say that that child still has an obligation to profess and believe the gospel. He has an obligation to remember that he was baptized into the church and all that it means for that child. And so it is true that the efficacy of that moment in time in which the child is baptized is not tied to that very moment. We do not believe in baptismal regeneration. We do not believe that uh, as the infant is uh, baptized, they are automatically saved. It does, in fact, depend upon the very Spirit of God as we use it in a right manner. That grace, as it says in the paragraph, is promised not only is not only offered, but really exhibited and conferred by the Holy Ghost to such, whether of age or infants, as that grace belongeth unto. So let me just read a couple items from Dr. Van Dixhorn's commentary on the confession. He says it quite well, and so I would encourage you, if you've been following along in this devotion, or maybe you jumped in the middle, I would encourage you to get this book. Um, it is very helpful. It is written. He, he, it was written based on a series of Sunday school lessons that Dr. Van Dixhorn taught. So, it's geared in that way. Um, but with that said, um, let me read it. Just a couple uh, statements that he makes here, uh, beginning on page three hundred and seventy-nine, dealing with this matter. He titles this section: "When is baptism in, baptism useful?" And he writes, in maintaining that those who are baptized are not always regenerated, the Westminster Assembly also held that the efficacy of baptism is not tied to that moment of time wherein it is administered. Christians have tied, uh, Christians have often wanted more consistency and predictability in God's gracious blessing of the sacrament than he is willing to give. In a sense, We have tried to tame the Spirit and to harness His work to baptism or to the Lord's Supper. He will never permit this. Surely one of the lessons that Nicodemus was to have taken home with him from his evening encounter with Jesus was that the Holy Spirit was not to be scheduled. We need to be born of water and the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Nonetheless, the movement of the Spirit is as free as the wind. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is John chapter 3 and verses verses 5 and 8. He will not tether his work to his sacraments. Yet notwithstanding all these qualifiers, the sacrament of baptism does have a purpose. It is a means of exhibiting or conferring the grace promised. Now we noted that in Confession of Faith 20, chapter 27 and paragraph 3. As indicated previously, the ordinance needs to be properly used. It is not to be used as a talesman or a good luck charm. It is to be accompanied by an explanatory word of institution. Nonetheless, when a right use of baptism is made, God's promised grace is not only offered, but actually exhibited, or another word for that would be presented, and conferred by the Holy Spirit. It is conferred to adults, people of age or infants. It is a means of grace. It is conferred to all people to whom grace belongs, according to the counsel of God's own will, and it is conferred in His appointed time. So this is to say, of course, that baptism becomes really and truly efficacious in the life of the one that is baptized, according to God's own divine sovereign appointment. 
That is simply to say that if the child baptized is not elect, is never going to be elect, the efficacious of baptism never comes to pass. But if, in fact, the child is uh, one of God's own, uh, elected by God's own sovereign decree and the counsel of his own will, then the baptism will be efficacious in time as the Spirit applies that to that child. He goes on to say, obviously, the Westminster divines are shying away from any suggestion that baptism works invariably and automatically. It is a tool of the Holy Spirit and works when he chooses and not when we choose. But the assembly is calling Christians to recognize that baptism really is a tool and that the Holy Spirit often chooses to use it. So much so that to the Galatians, Paul could say that as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. To Titus, Paul could link the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit to the Ephesians. Paul could say that Christ sanctified his church, having cleansed her not only with the word, but by the washing of water. To a crowd drawn from many countries, Peter could say, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And to the church of all the ages, Luke could say that those who received Peter's preaching were baptized. And it was upon that reception and that baptism that the apostles were willing to conclude that souls were added to the church that day. The Holy Spirit can use the visible word to preach to us, just as he can use the audible word, and he has often done so. And so this is a great summary of what the divines at Westminster are trying to communicate here in this paragraph. I recognize as you read it, it may be a little confusing, and admittedly it, can, it, it, admittedly it is at some, at some level. But as long as we keep in mind always that we are not using baptism, and the Presbyterian understanding of baptism is certainly not that it that it operates ex opera, operato, that is from the outside in. It's not a magic luck charm. It's not some, some superstitious act that we perform um, to do a certain thing. No, it depends upon the Spirit of God to apply that baptism to the child or the adult who is indeed baptized. But they are linked together, even as I've read from some of the passages in the New Testament. But we must remember always that it is indeed a tool and it's a tool that depends upon the Holy Spirit. It doesn't depend on me, and it doesn't depend on you. And this is the idea that is being put forward here in paragraph number six. Well, this concludes our time in chapter 28 on the doctrine of baptism, the sacrament of baptism. Beginning with the Monday edition, we will begin to look at the other sacrament of the New Testament, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. I trust these times are helpful for you. If you have any comments or questions, follow-up remarks, whatever it may be, you can contact me. The way to do so is right there before you on the screen. And so until the Monday edition, when we begin chapter 29, may the Lord help you today. May you walk according to his ways. May you find yourself in his worship this coming Lord's Day. God bless.